Welcome. This is David Barris, president of the American Association of Bank Directors, host of ABD's Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Today we have as our guest, Ross Marazzo, to discuss what you and your board need to know about BSA, AML, and OFAC. This is part two to our BSA, AML, and OFAC discussion with Ross. He will address regulation of BSA AML compliance now and in the future and the top identified program issues and regulatory challenges facing bank directors and boards. He is managing partner of Treliant, an ABD sponsor and chief compliance and ethics officer. He has over 34 years of domestic and international experience in the design, oversight, and assessment of AML BSA global economic sanctions, fraud, and anti-bribery corruption programs. All right, let's call Ross. Hello, Ross. Welcome to ABD's Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. Today's subject is a continuation of our last podcast episode on a bank board's role and responsibilities for BSA and OFAC. Even before the election, there were AML changes in the works by Congress. Ross, can you give us an overview of where we are today and what to expect in 2021? Sure. Um, so there have been a, a lot of requests and a lot of activity for many years uh, through a number of uh, industry organizations, such as the Wolfsburg Group, um, and we're finally getting some traction with the government. Uh, Congress fully understands that there's issues with respect to the effectiveness uh, and efficiency of the current Bank Secrecy Act. Uh, and we're not talking about OFAC. OFAC is still running the way it always did. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the issues have been uh, really rooted in uh, the risk assessment process and you know, how, you know, just how much uh, of a risk-based approach you need to take versus um, do you have to cover everything that the bank is doing from a risk perspective? That's always been a problem. Uh, the other thing is, you know, how much due diligence do you do um, and uh, where does it end with respect to beneficial ownership? So Congress has actually taken some action uh this just this past month, and there's a number of different things that are happening. So uh, there's a new act called the National Defense Authorization Act, and the act will require certain U.S. companies to provide FinCEN, which is the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, with information about their beneficial owners. So what they're going to do is they're going to centralize the database as opposed to different banks having to keep their own information with respect to this area. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody can run out and say, great, we have a, a lot easier life. It, it'll probably just shift and uh, the difficulty will continue, but um, it'll make things much more effective on the due diligence side. There's a number of other changes, but that's the biggest one. Uh, there will be a significant increase in penalties for violations for both companies and individuals. So, you know, again, this is very important for boards to know because uh, just recently, as an example, 
there was a uh, penalty assessed against a former executive of a large U.S. bank uh, for uh, historical violations of BSA AML issues. Um, so uh, that's a you know that's something that you need to be aware of. Um, Treasury uh, will evaluate how to streamline suspicious activity reports and uh, uh, currency transaction report requirements. This has been a big deal uh, throughout the history of the Bank Secrecy Act because, particularly with the SAR reporting, law enforcement gets millions of SARs, and it's very difficult for them to cull through the ones and identify the ones that they really should be focusing on. And the other side is the number that are filed by the banks. Um, there's just simply too much to do, and there's too many alerts coming out of systems that are not wholly effective, but the only thing that we have today to really monitor uh, what's going on. Um, but those are uh, a few of the most important uh, things that are happening today um, and that uh, you can look forward to in 2021. Uh, Ross, through your in-house and consulting experience, you've seen a lot of good and bad. Can you share some issues and challenges facing firms in the BSA and OFAC space? Sure. Um, so I, I touched a little bit uh, on uh, the staffing before, and staffing is consistently one of the bigger problems that companies have. And uh, it comes down to uh, some issues that uh, they run into. Uh, one is, as I said earlier, people have short-term memory. So if you run into a situation as a bank and you have MRAs, MRIAs, or even worst case scenario, some type of an enforcement action, whether it's public or private, um, you get yourself out of it by spending gosh knows how much money. And then a year later, either new management comes in or you just forget what you went through and you wind up with the same situation all over again. There's so many banks that have had repeat issues throughout anywhere from a five to a 20 year period that are very much the same as they had in the past. So it's one thing that you need to really keep in mind. The, the other thing is culture. And culture is driven by the board to senior management who then on a day-to-day -day basis needs to make sure that there is a culture of compliance embedded in the company. And when you look at uh, what I spoke about on the other podcast, the DOJ, um, they are very, very strong on making sure that there is a culture of compliance and that not only senior management understands it and the board is driving it with senior management, but that mid-level management buys into it. Because without that happening, there are issues all over the place. And that's where you get into problems where you look at the historical enforcement actions. And this is not just on the large banks, but it's also in the mid-size and the smaller banks, where all you need is one or two people to screw up and uh, start, you know, doing something that's outside of policy and long enough period of time, and that gets you into a, a lot of problems with the government agencies. So 
you need to have good culture, you need to have good assessment of the programs, and that's not only with compliance, but by internal audit, you need a very strong audit department. Probably one of the biggest challenges that companies have had and will probably continue to have over the next several years is an effectiveness uh, and efficiency of monitoring uh, uh, alert, uh, monitoring suspicious activity and screening OFAC uh, uh, lists and doing the investigations. The tools that have been out there for years and have been enhanced over the course of several years are not all that great, but there's not much you can do about it. More recently, over the last few years, you've heard a lot probably of artificial intelligence. Uh, that is beginning to help to improve the effectiveness and efficiency of these tools. Um, but there's a lot more to do. So, uh, you know, boards need to understand where, uh, what the tools are doing, at least at a high level, and the outputs that are coming out. As I mentioned earlier, the metrics that are coming out of these uh, tools need to be reported to the board so they can understand whether or not there's a large volume uh, where the uh, existing staff can't handle it, uh, where there's fluctuations uh, uh, that are uh, anomalous because of uh, reasons that they may not yet understand that put the company at higher risk. So, you know, all of this is really something that the Bank Secrecy Act officer needs to be educating the board on and, uh, and also at the same time have that access to the board and to senior management to uh, be able to do that. Um, one other thing I just wanted to add to this is systems tool and tools and uh, information are useless unless the data is there. And one of the big issues that financial institutions have had historically and continue to have uh, is with their own data. And uh, we've seen a lot of issues uh, where financial institutions that outsource any part of their data, and most do, uh, they do not have effective third-party oversight over that data. And uh, it's a major issue because it's the old story of garbage in and garbage out. So you need to make sure that there's really effective third-party oversight by, by you all uh, driving that uh, down to your management to make sure that they have effective third-party oversight uh, processes. And what the regulators will do, by the way, uh, with respect to the ultimate information that gets up to the board, is they will backtest that information that's going to you. So as an example, very simply, if your BSA officer is reporting that uh, you had 35 alerts that were dispositioned as no SAR filing necessary, they will sometimes during their examinations go in and backtest that that 35 number is ac actually accurate. Um, we've done our own testing, independence, and also working for the various government agencies at their request specifically uh, when we're working for them. So this is, this is BAU. I've had it as a compliance officer as uh, long ago as uh, the, the mid where the OCC and the Fed have done that type of ex uh, exam testing.
what would your suggestions be in mitigating risk of um, enforcement actions against the bank or any institution affiliated party, recognizing that this is not a perfect science. So it's, it's possible for a bank to do everything right, have the right systems, controls, people, and yet something happens within the bowels of the bank to cause mistakes made or perhaps intentional uh, errors, uh, uh, malfeasance conceivably. So what, what, um, what are your suggestions um, on how a bank and its board can uh, mitigate that risk? Yeah, so a lot of it I touched on already, right? So, you know, it, it's very difficult to um, be aware of everything that everybody is doing in the bank all the time. And I'm sure everybody knows that um, the can do is make sure that you understand the risks, be able to understand what the basic risks are in the institution, and what are the mitigants of those risks at a high level, high enough level that uh, it, it doesn't make you uncomfortable, but a low enough level that you're not in the weeds. Because boards do not have to manage the day-to-day -day operation of uh, a company. Um, but the other thing is that's very important is hold people accountable. It's extremely important that you challenge your compliance people. Uh, it would be really good if you have somebody on the board that actually understands compliance. Um, you know, no different than a lot of companies have moved to have an IT expert on their boards. Uh, very similar to that is, is having somebody that understands compliance. Yeah, thank you for that, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for your time.